if our God has the power, why doesn't he end this suffering? Welcome to the Spiritual Father Podcast. I am Father Adam Carrico, and this homily was recorded on April 10th for the Good Friday of the Lord's Passion, 3 p.m. service at Ascension Catholic Church, Louisville, Kentucky. As always, thank you for listening. Enjoy. You may remember several weeks ago, um, it seems like forever ago now, but it really was only several weeks ago, when we as a community uh, were receiving different um, messages from the archbishop and from the diocese, from the governor, uh, all with the concern of the growing uh, pandemic. Part of the instructions given to us was to uh, indicate to the people that they may not want to receive the holy water because it might become infected. Um, at the time, I thought it was quite ridiculous, uh, to be honest. Uh, there was no evidence that the virus was being transmitted uh, by water, and uh, I thought much of this whole thing was blown completely out of proportion. Again, it feels like a long time ago. During this time, other dioceses were much more specific. They said that the holy water fonts needed to be emptied or that signs needed to be put up specifically saying, don't receive the holy water. And the glories of the internet, no uh, stranger to poking holes, especially in times of uh, difficulty. There was such an image that came up uh, in the midst of all of that several weeks ago. And it was a picture of a baptismal font, not unlike our own, with a little paper sign that was sitting on the ledge with the seal of the diocese and all professionally written that said, you know, due to the coronavirus, we are asking you not to receive from the holy water. And this was the picture that was shared, and it was captioned with... The lovely phrase, it looks like your uh, imaginary friend isn't as powerful as you thought. To which I thought, hmm. I was upset at first. But then once I really thought about it, I began to realize, began to ponder the reality that Jesus could prevent this virus. Not only in the sense that Jesus could prevent the virus from, from being transmitted via holy water, but that Christ could easily remove the entire threat without any effort at all. It would have taken no effort at all for Christ to have removed the entire threat of the coronavirus. Our imaginary friend, who we believe is all-powerful, all-knowing, and ever-present, is capable of stopping this. It is not a sign that God doesn't exist, that he doesn't stop this. I think it's a recognition that there is something greater at work here. My reason for this is today itself. 
We are told both in today's gospel according to John and the gospel according to Matthew, which we read earlier in the week on Palm Sunday, that Christ answers, if I desired, I would put up a fight. He says it in different ways in different gospels. According to Matthew, he indicates that he could call upon 12 legions of angels and they would fight to keep him from being handed over to the Jews. Twelve legions of angels isn't anything to scoff at. It seems to me to be a pretty powerful force, a pretty uh, supreme indicator that Christ is able and uh, capable of putting a stop at any moment to the suffering that he was enduring from the very moment of his arrest to the moment when he took his final breath, Christ could have easily prevented the entire thing, but a stop to every ounce of that suffering. And yet, God didn't. It is not that God couldn't. It is God decided not to. It is not a coincidence, sisters and brothers, that the public ministry of Christ began at a wedding concerned with the lack of abundance of wine and ends at a wedding, as we'll see in a moment, with an overabundance of blood begins at a wedding and ends at a wedding. Blood and wine poured out in abundance because of God's love. At every wedding that I officiate, I try in some manner to indicate to the couple that their marriage to one another will involve some degree of suffering, some degree of loss. Now, I don't overemphasize it because it is a happy day, but I do want to indicate to the couple one way or another that there is some form of suffering involved in matrimony. It's the simple fact that unless there is a tragic accident that takes place, one of those two that are standing before the church and their family will pass before the other that there will be loss and suffering. There will be a lack of the love that they are committing themselves to, at least in a physical sort of nature. To love is to be vulnerable, and to be vulnerable is to feel pain and suffering. And so at a wedding, there is an undercurrent of the vulnerability to being open suffering. And if Christ, as we are told in the theology of the body, desires to marry us, desires to open his heart and embrace humanity as a whole and as individuals to complete us in that union, there will be suffering. He could have prevented that suffering, but to show us how much we are worth how far his love will go. He chose not to prevent that suffering. There on the cross, seeing John and Mary before him, he indicates that they are to move in together, to form a home together, 
not in the physical sense, but in the spiritual sense, they belong to one another. Woman, behold your son. Son, behold your mother. That they form a family right there before the cross itself. In the midst of suffering, in the midst of pain, in the immensity of that blood poured out for the sins of all the world. What started with turning water into wine and superabundance ends with the pouring out of blood like wine in superabundance. That wine, that precious blood is poured out today and every day in commemoration of Christ's suffering on the cross for us to remind us how much we are worth. By that precious blood, our wounds are healed. By that precious blood, we recognize our worth. By that precious blood, we engage the suffering that enables us to love one another. God could put an end to the suffering that all of us are enduring, but instead, he is inviting us to love ever deeper both himself and one another in the midst of this suffering of these days. I hope you have enjoyed this homily and have gained something from it. For more from Spiritual Father, please visit spiritualfather.org, where you will find other homilies, blog articles, social media posts, as well as links to various projects. Thank you for the support. May our Lord and Savior bless you this day and every day to come.